Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Rostein. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. And that leads us to today's topic. Hi, my name's Gabby, and I'm a senior in high school. I've noticed a great increase in vaping and juuling in high school students, and I know a couple of people who do on the weekends. I know it's supposed to help people who smoke cigarettes, but I do not see all the hype around it since I heard it can have the same health effects as regular smoking. Let me know what the truth is. Thank you. Uh, That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's really electronic cigarettes and these vaping devices. They're, you know, I've seen them and they're really cool looking, but it's like every day there's something new and wild things that I hear about. I know. Um, And have you seen these vape shops popping up all around town? Yeah, the vape shops, and it's in the news because people are talking about how it's really important for their business and and billboards. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even these giant clouds of smoke that I've seen coming out of cars, I'm always thinking it's the cars on fire or something like that. It's like, like this that. huge, it's like out of proportion to like the device size. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Or looking like they're sucking down a, on a USB or something. <laughs> That's so that weird. Thing? Yeah, it's really odd. Well, these electronic cigarettes, they're also known as electronic nicotine delivery systems or ENDS. And another abbreviation to remember, huh? Mm-hmm. So why are we talking about them today? Aren't they illegal for kids to have and to smoke? Well, technically, in California, the legal age to purchase tobacco or nicotine products is 21. But that isn't preventing minors from getting their hands on them, I guess. Right. In fact, many kids are using these devices, and a lot of people are referring to the new trend as actually an epidemic, so happening in large proportions among youth. So this is really becoming an increasing popular trend. Right. And potentially a very dangerous one for our youth. So something important to talk about today, and we're going to try a new format today on our podcast. Yes, I'm so excited. We have our first guest today, Dr. Tiffany Heckendorn. And Dr. Heckendorn is a pediatrician in Sacramento. And she's taken a specific interest in the topic of vaping and electronic nicotine delivery systems and the danger that it poses to our youth. Dr. Heckendorn, thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. Oh, yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you guys for having me. So are you Dr. Heckendorn for this purposes or these purposes, or are you going to be Dr. Tiffany? Uh, <laughs> we can just call me Dr. H. Dr. H, yeah, okay. I think Dr. H, sounds good. So before we dive in, let's clarify for our listeners what exactly these electronic cigarettes are. What, what are we talking about here? Yeah, so a lot of like what Lena said. So they're short for an electronic nicotine delivery device. They're handheld. They contain solutions that have nicotine, different flavors. And when you smoke them, create this aerosol, which contains a lot of chemicals in it as well. They were introduced years ago, but they've really becoming a lot more popular the past few years. And why are they more popular the past few years if they were introduced years ago? There's a lot of buzz around them now. They're becoming Mm -hmm. more and more popular. They're getting easier to get their hands on. And as Lino says, more shops are popping up all Mm -hmm. around town. Um, And two celebrities in the media, they're just there's a lot more awareness about them. So bad role models. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) can't be bad role modeling. Mm -hmm. So just for some of our listeners, we talked about the name ENDS or electronic nicotine delivery systems. We've also heard of vaping. Some other common things that parents may hear are e-hookah, hookah sticks, vaporizers, vape pens, jewels, which is a 
brand name, but is actually the company and the product that's responsible for it more than like 50% of the devices. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're really dominant in the field, aren't they? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So um, is this a real issue? Is this really an epidemic? How many children and teens are using the e-cigarettes and vaping devices? It's absolutely an epidemic. So the FDA actually just released the 2018 data and more than 3.6 million youth, about one in five high schoolers and one in 20 middle schoolers now report using electronic cigarettes. That's, yeah, that's a lot. Down yeah. to middle school, too. Huh? Absolutely. And if you look just in the past year, 1.5 million of those users are new within the past year. So it absolutely is a new epidemic. It's like exponential. It's mm-hmm. really staggering numbers. Yeah, that's yeah. way more than I was expecting. And are these kids that are using electronic cigarettes or vaping kids that would have been using like typical combustible cigarettes before and other drugs? Or are they kids that maybe wouldn't have gotten into these things before? Yeah, so I think there's um, there's definitely a lot more kids using them now that I don't think would have been smoking mm-hmm. traditional cigarettes. Electronic cigarettes have lots of different flavors. They're easier to obtain. And Unfortunately, they do make children more likely to go on to use traditional cigarettes or other types of drugs. I mean, you mentioned the flavors. And I mean, the olden days, regular cigarettes were like, what? There's like, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know much about smoking. But there's like, there was like regular and like menthol or something, mm-hmm. right? And now there's like this huge numbers, infinite numbers of flavors, it right. seems. Right. Oh, yeah. There's things like cotton candy, mango, <laughs> Rice Krispies. I mean, really any flavor that you can imagine, you can buy in a store or online. Oh, yeah. Wow. And that sounds like it's catering to children if they're using those kind of flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's part of what's so disturbing about yeah, it. It's really disturbing. So um, we know how addicting nicotine is. And so does somebody get the same buzz, the same amount of nicotine in a conventional cigarette compared to the vapor they get from a from end? But tell me, I'm sorry, you have to remind me what <laughs> Electronic nicotine, you could just say vapor. Va- okay, Electronic thanks. nicotine delivery system. Delivery system, yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah, so they absolutely have nicotine in them, and sometimes even more than traditional cigarettes. So Lena earlier was mentioning a Juul. So a Juul, actually, one cartridge that you smoke contains as much cigarettes as an, or as much nicotine as an entire pack of cigarettes. Wow. So this is, sorry to go back, but this is reminding me a little bit of our um, marijuana episode when we talked about traditional marijuana and then the new marijuana that's out there that's like even more potent. So it's kind of scary, these new systems being developed with more potent drug delivery devices. Right. And a lot of kids don't even realize that these products have nicotine in them. Um, There was one study that recently came out, and 63% of users said that they didn't realize the product even contained nicotine. That's incredible. I mean, if you think about these kids, they're just doing it. You know, they're not reading packaging. They're Mm -hmm. doing what their friends are Mm -hmm. doing. And, I mean, that is very surprising, but I guess I'm not... But on the other hand, not surprising. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> not surprising. Yeah. But terrible because, you know, all users should be aware of what they're, mm-hmm. what they're doing. Yeah. So is it true that the younger a person is exposed to nicotine, that that makes them more likely to become addicted to it? Yeah. So developing brains are much more prone to addiction. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, initiation as a teen and using these types um, of nicotine-containing products also lead to mood disorders, attention disorders like ADHD, other drug-seeking behaviors, and often they end up smoking maybe traditional cigarettes or using other type of drugs. Mm-hmm. I actually read a study recently that was looking at not humans, but the re- brains of rats that were exposed to nicotine as young rats versus adult rats, and then they studied their brain architecture. And this study said that the younger 
these rats were exposed to nicotine, the more significant architectural changes there were in their brain. So that, again, just supports. Yeah, that supports that early use can lead to worse neurodevelopmental effects and Mm -hmm. more serious effects. Right. So earlier, we had kind of talked about harmful chemicals that are in these vaping devices, besides what we already know about the dangers of nicotine. So what more can you tell us about those chemicals? Yeah, so a study published last year in the journal Pediatrics found that e-cigarette devices contain some of the same cancer-causing ingredients found in traditional cigarettes. Mm. And at least 10 chemicals on California's Prop 65 list of chemicals known to cause cancer, birth defects, and reproductive harm. Well, that sounds like no good. So let's talk about some of those chemicals. But I always let Dr. Dean read the names of the chemicals that I may not be able to pronounce. Although this one isn't that bad, but I have been working nights for the past two weeks, so I'm just not going to take my chances. Yeah, well, thank you. Appreciate that, Dr. Lena. So um, there's um, acetaldehyde, benzene, and nitrosornor nicotine, formaldehyde, lead, I can pronounce that, nickel, and um, toluene. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of these, most of us probably remember formaldehyde from the anatomy lab. Absolutely. And that yeah, smell, yeah. like it was just on your clothes for weeks. You couldn't get it off. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I would want to knowingly put into my body. No, it causes oh, yeah. cancer. Right. Another thing that I've noticed that kind of bothers me with these vaping devices is people seem so careless about when and where they're using them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're using them all the time. They're using them in restaurants. I've seen people in the hospital using them around their small children. So, Yeah, I've noticed that too. And are there studies looking at the effect of secondhand vapor inhalation? Because we know secondhand smoke is bad right. on right. several fronts. Yeah, I think part of the problem with these devices is that people think that the vapor coming out is just water vapor and that mm-hmm. there, there aren't any chemicals or anything else mm-hmm. in it. Um, and... That's just not the case. They definitely contain um, hydrocarbons, the nicotine, different organic compounds, ultrafine particles that can seep down into the secondhand smoker's lungs mm. uh, and cause damage. So we definitely know that these can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And is there any particular groups that would be most dangerous to I mean, definitely young developing brains, so why we're talking about this, so mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. definitely in kids and teenagers, in pregnant women would be another mm-hmm. really high-risk group. Mm-hmm. So really, there's significant potential of harmful effects of the secondhand vapor smoke, and if people are, are buying these refillable vapor devices for, for their devices, then there's a risk that even a young child could get their hands on it if people are careless with it, mm-hmm. and they could ingest it by accident. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Unintentional exposure in kids is definitely increasing within the past couple years. Um, And looking at children younger than six, uh, there were over 29,000 calls increased by 1,500% during one study period. And these kids are likely to be hospitalized and some serious side effects can come about from ingesting nicotine. What? What kind of side effects are those? So, I mean, things like seizure, coma, even cardiac problems like arrhythmia. And there was even a, a case of a child who died from nicotine overdose. Wow, that's really scary. And so that's, again, very similar to our conversation about marijuana and the mm-hmm. edibles, that when the kids get a hold of them, they're dosed with these yeah. drugs. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have to ask this question because I get it in clinic quite a bit from parents who are use, looking to use these electronic nicotine devices as a replacement for their conventional cigarette addiction Mm -hmm. um, and asking if this is something that we're recommending. So are we as pediatricians recommending that parents use this as a method to quit? 
I think, <laughs> I think that's a really tricky question. Um, so there was recently a really large study published in the New England Journal of Medicine that looked at 900 smokers, and they put them in the two groups, one just trying the traditional ways to stop quitting and others using electronic cigarettes. So the traditional ways would be the nicotine patches, gum, lozenges? Yeah, yeah, things like that. Um, and then both groups um, underwent behavioral counseling for four weeks, and then they looked at seeing which group stopped smoking better. Okay, so so we have the group with the conventional methods, we have the group with the e-cigarette. So which group ended up doing better? So results showed that the one-year quit rate was 18% in the people who use electronic cigarettes versus 10% in the people who use traditional nicotine replacement groups. 18 versus 10%. I mean, that's pretty pathetic for, it's not a very good, (laughs) you know, for both groups, it's a really low success rate, but it seemed like the, the vaping group did a little bit better. Yeah, they did a little bit better. Um, however, if you looked at the long term, um, the people who actually used the electronic cigarettes, many of them were still smoking the electronic cigarettes down the road, whereas people who tried to quit smoking using the traditional methods actually quit smoking. So it was kind of a step in the right direction, but still, it was it, it still didn't succeed totally. Right. So it sounds like that if your goal is to get rid of your nicotine addiction, mm-hmm. using the electronic cigarettes wasn't going to do that, right? Because you're still just replacing that with like replacing nicotine with mm-hmm. nicotine, mm-hmm. versus the old conventional methods where they were more likely to completely get off nicotine at the end. So, right. I mean, seems like. We need to educate our parents on the importance of quitting altogether these products, especially with the other harmful mm-hmm. aspects mm-hmm. of things we're talking about today, and that maybe these conventional strategies might still be the way to go. Yeah, I've seen some of these devices, and the ones that look like um, cartridges, I mean, I admit, like, they look kind of cool, like, like you know, like you'd want one or something like that. Is that what appeals to you <laughs> so, more, so much as, like, the design aspect? Or I mean, I definitely think that's a part of it. They're very sleek looking. A lot of them do look like a USB device. Um, they're really thin. They can be easily held. I mean, they fit in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. And they can easily be hidden, which is why I think we're seeing such a large percentage of kids using these at schools. You hear teachers talking about how it's... They're constantly finding these kids trying to use these in high schools. So that is a really big problem. You know, I've also heard about people getting around smoking on airplanes by using this. And and I actually read about a whole strategy about how to do that. (laughs) Have you heard this? No. So what you're supposed to do when you're vaping on a plane is you're supposed to lean down as if you're getting something from under the seat in front of you. And that's when you vape. And then by the time you come up, the cloud of vapor smoke is supposed to be disappeared. Otherwise, the flight attendants will notice it. I didn't know this was a (laughs) how-to vape on the plane. Podcast. Uh, it's like there's a whole <laughs> strategy behind it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I've actually gotten um, a lot of calls and I've been communicating with some of the school districts in the county and they have the fire alarms going off in school mm. because of the smoke in bathrooms and it's really become a huge problem in schools and teachers just aren't catching it because these devices are so thin and easy for kids to conceal. Mm. Wow. So hard. Okay, so we talked already a little bit about flavors and you mentioned some crazy ones like Rice Krispies and mango. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, I think this is a one of the reasons that kids have are getting on it at alarming numbers. Well, right? it sounds like it's being marketed directly to kids if you're choosing those kind of flavors. Right. And like, do you know how many kids would choose to use a flavor versus a, a regular? 
I mean, there have been some studies that looked at that, and most so about 8 out of 10 teens who start using electronic cigarettes start with a flavored product. Wow. So that's the entry level, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of the appeal, I think, is the flavors. So if it tastes good, then kids are more likely to use it and go back for more. Yeah. I mean, what are some other reasons that kids might be getting more into this? So I think a big problem is just the perception that they're not dangerous. Like we talked earlier, a lot of them don't realize that they have nicotine in them mm-hmm. um, and they just don't understand um, the the risks associated with them, including not even just the nicotine. But I mean, there have been cases of these things exploding in people's faces. Right. Mm. Oh, yeah, that was I remember that happening, like one exploded on a plane, I think, which is why you can't bring them on planes anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that you're totally right about this. And teens seem to view traditional cigarettes as just way more dangerous than these electronic delivery systems. Mm -hmm. So 80% of teens viewed traditional cigarettes as dangerous versus just 10% thinking that maybe there was some danger related to electronic cigarettes. Mm. So risk seems like a huge issue. Mm -hmm. It seems like these... Electronic cigarettes are just kind of in their honeymoon phase, you know? Yeah. One can hope. (laughs) This was the same thing that happened with traditional cigarettes. I mean, I think back in the day, some doctors were even recommending them for weight loss strategies. And so hopefully with more, um, you know, recognition, talking about it more, kind of people will start to realize how dangerous electronic cigarettes really are. Mm -hmm. Right. We've also talked a little bit about marketing and how we've they're kind of viewed as sexy and there's celebrities talking about them and... Things like that. So that has to be contributing as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you see all the time different celebrities using these products. Um, Most recently, one was using them at the Oscars. And Hmm. so it's something that kids are seeing all the time. And if celebrities are doing it, then that must be cool and safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had found this little graph that I'm looking at now that just looked at dollars spent on e-cigarette advertising over the years and then use among youth. And so on one axis, you see the year and then on the other, you see dollars spent. And it's just like a an exponentially increasing curve. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in 2014, which is where this stopped, they spent over like around $140 million. And you can see the percentage of kids using just increased with that. So and that was years yeah. ago. So right. I mean, be, now yeah, I'm, I'm wondering now. what the looks <laughs> like now. So, I mean, it's it's got to just be going up. Yeah. So we'll post a link to this on our website. Definitely. So I had wanted to show a clip from The Simpsons right here because, you know, me, I didn't realize that like maybe there was some some uh, trademarking laws <laughs> against going against this, but it's a really funny um, little Simpsons clip that kind of goes into use in kids. And um, Bart is going in to buy an electronic cigarette, and the you know the little store guy, I think his name's Abu or something like that, mm-hmm. is saying. Um, you know, these aren't for kids. You know that these aren't for kids. And he's like, well, which one can I get you? Cotton candy? Mango? (laughs) And just kind of going in and joking about, um, obviously, they're marketed towards kids, even if Mm -hmm. the companies are saying this is not for kids. And we'll put a uh, link to that clip on our (laughs) website, too. (laughs) All right. So, obviously, this increase in youth has been very concerning. And I don't want to say that the government hasn't stepped up because the federal and state governments have really taken an interest into this as of late. And I'm sure most of our listeners have seen it on the news. So they are taking some really positive steps 
to help curb this increase in teen use and made made it a priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So actually, just a few weeks ago, the FDA announced that e-cigarette makers now are going to need to restrict sales of most flavored products. That's that's, great. Yeah, that's one big step. Um, And sales are going to be limited to stores that ask people for their age upon entry or have separate age-restricted areas for the vaping products. And they're also expecting these companies to start using outside identity confirmation technology for sales through the Internet because um, studies that have looked at how youth get a hold of these products, a lot of them are able to get it online despite not being 21. Mm. Wow. So that sounds like a smart first step, but there's more really that can be done, right? So many states have proposed legislation around this topic, and there's some here in California, but I'm sure there's some in every state around the country. Um, And so some of those different um, ideas that have been proposed are um, like limiting flavored tobacco products. So this is one that the FDA is working on. Um, And here, so they would say that any flavored nicotine products um, would be banned, Mm-hmm. And then there's an approach um, looking at the advertising, so not to advertise specifically to target youth so that we know we know we have that similar for regular cigarettes like cartoon mm-hmm. characters and et cetera. So that's another approach to really try to limit the the targeting um, uh, of people under 21 years of age. Right. So I think both of these ideas would be great first steps in helping curb youth appeal. Yeah, absolutely. And I would really encourage listeners who, you know, feel passionate about this, certainly to reach out to their assembly members and their senators and, um, you know, really show their support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really great for people to be involved. And we'll post more information on our website about how to find your state-specific bills um, about that that address um, electronic smoking. So let's get back to our question that introduced today's episode. And I think we addressed several of the questions that arose, including that she's noticed an increase in people vaping. We've talked about the really exponential rise in vaping. Right. I think Gabby posed a lot of good points that mm-hmm. um, that she, even in her question, said she saw the thought that there were benefits for, from smokers to get off. So mm-hmm. I think that's a popular conception and that it isn't such a big deal. Like sort of that's what she was saying around the teenagers. And I think we've talked about today that it is a big deal. It is a big deal. And the benefits to quitting smoking are really, I mean, you'd have to say they're modest at best, right? And then they don't, they don't ultimately result in people quitting nicotine altogether in most cases. Right. So while we always encourage people to look into avenues to quit smoking, mm-hmm. and maybe this isn't the first line that we would recommend. We would recommend the traditional methods. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we would encourage Gabby and all of her friends in high school to just be aware of the risks, educate yourself, stay away from these devices. Yeah, absolutely. And too, I think just for parents to also understand that this is going on and, you know, Google images and learn what these things look like so that if you see them laying around your house, you don't just think, oh, that's a USB device with my mm-hmm. kid's report on it. You know, it could <laughs> totally. be an electronic nicotine device. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. All right. So I learned a lot today. Thank you so much, Dr. Tiffany Heckendorn, for helping us unpack this challenging topic. Yeah, electronic nicotine delivery systems have significantly increased in popularity, especially among our young people, with nearly one in five high schoolers admitting to using one. There's significant side effects with e-cigarette use, including addiction, exposure to cancer-causing chemicals, and increased risk of progressing to conventional cigarette use. We need to work hard towards legislation that will limit flavored tobacco as well as access and marketing to young people. 
In addition, like Dr. Hagendorn said, parents should talk to their teens about the risks and always feel free to talk to your pediatrician and screen for use at office visits. And that wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. And again, we want to thank Dr. H. Although, as usual, Dr. Lena and I take full responsibility for any errors or mistakes that were made. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. Or on Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate us on iTunes. Or even if you're not enjoying the podcast, I guess, (laughs) um, you can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. So I have to say, I'm not to bring up the age discrepancy (laughs) here, but Dr. H and I grew up in a time where cigarettes were not really acceptable. I Uh mean, maybe when we were really young, they were still okay. But you grew up in a time where traditional cigarettes were just kind of all over the place. So my father was a doctor, internist. Yeah. And when I was growing up, my mother and father smoked. It was oh, like yeah. it was like no big deal. They yeah. would be like smoking. You know, every house you went into would have ashtrays. Yeah. And what changed was I think it was sixty seven or sixty eight when one of the Surgeon General reports came out and said that smoking's bad for you. And my father like read that and said, "I, I got to stop." So he immediately just. Took it at face value and stopped. Yeah, he and my mom, they both just, like, stopped smoking. Like, that came out, and they stopped smoking. Like, one, wow. it was like one day they were, they, were, they were smoking, and that was normal, and the next day it's like smoking's bad for you. Right. Did you see the—so we talked a lot about advertising, like, a change in youth smoking when all of those bands came out about advertising? Or what do you think made the biggest— you know, Impact. It, it was for years. It was still, you know, it, it's still was like cool for yeah. for teens and and young adults to smoke. And part of it was being rebellious, right? Because you want to do something to differentiate yourself from your parents. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was still kind of a cool thing to do. So a lot of my friends still smoked, and you know, I mean, that was like the thing. It was like you know, in high school during recess or after school, like, it, I knew exactly where the smokers were. They were either behind the tennis court or behind <laughs> the gym, like, after school or recess. Oh, my yeah. gosh, at recess? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's horrible. Wow. Mm-hmm. Both of my parents smoked, not when we were born, but before, I think they both wanted to stop before they started having kids. And my dad started running, mm-hmm. and then, so he felt like he couldn't, like, you know— have a smoker's lung mm-hmm. when he was running. Yeah. And so that made him stop. And my mom went on a 10-day silent meditation retreat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh-huh. that, and then apparently that was like where she was going to go and just give it up. Uh-huh. And then she did. Uh-huh. Yeah. So everybody has their own methods for, for stopping. And I think a lot of those can be applied to, you know, traditional cigarettes, any addiction really. Yeah. Well, let me, I got one more story. So let me just <laughs> ask you guys a question. Have you heard of a band that, like, when I was growing up was really, like, big? It's called The Beatles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that. Okay. So, my father-in-law was in public health, and and he was on the Mike Douglas show once when um, John Lennon and Yoko Ono were hosting. And he was talking. He was there mostly to talk about youth media and, and youth violence and stuff like that. But... Um, 
John Lennon mentioned smoking and mm-hmm. that it was really hard to quit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so my father-in-law said, you know, you just, you have to keep trying. Basically, mm-hmm. you have to keep trying and it doesn't happen the first time. And so just keep, just keep trying. It'll be good for you. Yep. Wow, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's it's so a, true. I, I actually forget. I've read a study once. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's something like the average number of times a user has to smoke in order to quit is like seven or eight. You mean to try to try to, to, to stop. try quitting, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like yeah, because yeah. there's you, a the, famous quote that says like quitting smoking is the easiest thing. I've done it a thousand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I forget who said that, but um, yeah. it's it is challenging, but yeah, multiple mm-hmm. times for sure.